Welcome to Business Unfiltered, where we dive into the raw and unfiltered world of running a business with Mercer and Jeff Sauer. Grab a seat for this unfiltered journey into the world of entrepreneurship. This is Business Unfiltered. Welcome back to Business Unfiltered. Jeff Sauer here and joined as always by Mercer. And today we have a great topic. I'm really excited about this one. We're going to make predictions for 2024 and what we think is going to happen in this world that we're living in. And uh, I think we're going to make some bold predictions. We're going to talk about some interesting macro categories, and then we're going to try to get down into the micro as well. And so that's what we're going to be doing today. So when we talk about predictions for 2024, Mercer, I'm curious as to what comes to mind when we planned this episode. Was What was running through your mind, and has it changed at all since we first decided to do this episode? Yeah, great question. I think, you know, this is the very last episode of 2023. So it was the perfect prediction episode. And I, you know, my, my first prediction is going to be like, there is going to be a 2024 episode. I will, I will be bold enough to throw that out there. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it was, I think the idea of this is let's put ourselves out there a little bit with, okay, here's how we think the general trends and patterns are going to be for 2024, because as a business owner, you got to navigate through all of that. And the more that you can kind of the further ahead you can see in your path, the easier it is to walk the path, right? Hence getting really good at forecasting and predictions. So I think the, the thing is for us is like, we put these predictions out and then maybe in about six months or so, we do a little recap and say, hey, what do, where do we get right? What do we get wrong so far? Something like that we could do for later yeah. in 2024. Uh, did you want to start with any sort of topics at all? Or how do you want to, how do you want to play it? Yes. Yeah, so no, I think, it's, I think, I think our, our, what we want to talk about fits really well into our normal structure here of strategies and tactics, right? So I want to start with some strategic things that we're talking about and what our prognostication is for the strategic parts that we go into and then how it affects us on a tactical level as well. And when I say strategic, I'm thinking macroeconomic, right? Um, that's been on my mind the second half of 2023 constantly. Um, and I'm going to set the tone here, but then I'm going to hand it over to you as well. But macroeconomics of 20, the second half of 2023 have been not good, not good at all. Um, more agencies have laid off people than I've ever heard of. I've, more people are transparent about it and public about it. And so if people are being public about it. There's a lot more private conversations that are happening that haven't even surfaced yet. Um, a lot of companies are cutting back their spend on the things that we've done in growth, marketing, and so on. And then, you know, that, that leads to a lot of, a lot of challenges. The other thing that I, we, we pulled a stat together from an article and that is that, um, Americans saved $2.2 trillion during the pandemic and they spent 1.9 trillion of it by June. And so they're, so of the, all the money that people saved in the economy, um, most people have run out of their savings, their bump from, from COVID about halfway through this year. And that's why these last six months, I think, have been so challenging because it's, it's all these things coming together. I think things kicked the can down the road for a while. Inflation still went up even as they raised interest rates. But I think that the, the average Joe, average Jane is becoming pessimistic about what's going on. And so, um, you know, this is this is a morbid thing to say or, or a, a down note to say it. But the reality is that we had a bad second half of this year. And I think that that might continue a little bit into the first half of the year. <laughs> but then I think it's going to be I think we're going to have a lot of signs of hope. Um, and so, um, yeah, so I think that, you know, the idea here is around the economy. Um, I was giving us the reality of 2023. But let's talk about 2024 and the positive note, if we can. Um, where do you think the, the economy is going in 2024 and how that will trickle down into everything else we're doing? 
Way to throw it to me. Make it make this positive, Mercer. Uh, yeah. So I I think the uh, I'm I'm kind of there with you in the economy. I, the way I would describe it is like this time last year, everybody was talking about recession, 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 right? Um, and I thought that too. Like I thought, okay, there's there's a you know better than average chance there might be something that's going to be coming down, kind of based on all that talk. Um, th- but obviously that didn't happen, right? Um, the economy actually kept growing uh, a little bit even. So this next year. Um, and I think in no small part, because when people were talking about recession last year, they didn't have the data yet to show we were that people were pulling back and, and prepping for it. They were just talking about it. Uh, this year, the to your point, I think the last six months for sure, for sure the last three months, last that, a Q3, you saw companies doing that pullback and kind of, you know, just not necessarily boarding up the windows, waiting for a big storm, but they're checking things to make sure that the insulation's good. And, you know, you know, it might be a tough winter. So let's make sure we get a little extra oil in the furnace, that sort of thing. Uh, and I am seeing larger companies do that. And if they're doing that, I figure they got a big view of kind of what's coming up macroeconomic wise as well, um, that it might just be a sign that the, at least in the U.S., the economy is hopefully, fingers crossed, uh, going to be hitting that that mythical soft landing. But in order to do that, it's going to have to let air out of the you know out of the balloon a little bit, right? We don't want to land too hard, but we got to sort of gently let air out of, the, out of the balloon. And I think that's what you're seeing with consumers that they've the, the air is out of the balloon because they don't have all the savings. Uh, I think this year they burned a lot of it. To your point, they got a little bit in debt. I personally would bet that next year because consumers are not like as a mob i think people are are super easy to predict individually very hard but as a mob very easy um and i think generally speaking the mob is not going to go oh we're out of money we're going a little in the debt we should be responsible and start paying off our debt and saving i don't think they're going to do that i think they're going to go like well let's just keep going down in debt if the bank is letting me have the credit card it must be because i can pay them back they wouldn't let me have that debt otherwise and they're and but the banks won't do that as much as they did in 2008. Um, so the banks won't get stung as much. The consumers will go deeper into debt, but hopefully still be manageable, but it'll be on the edge of that, um, you know, as, as things go by. So that's kind of how I see it. I think, I think, a you know, a, a slightly flat to slightly down, but not in a bad way, just kind of like neutral economy. Yeah, kind of- that's interesting. So I think, I think, th- I think you're right on a macro perspective. I think there's, there's two things. There's the business economy and there's the consumer economy, right? And yep. the business economy stock market's doing great. Like things that were really tanking last year in preparation yep. for the recession that never really officially happened. Um, all bounded back. Yeah. Yeah. It all bounced back. And then some, like some of the things that I, like I was buying low and it, it's been nice, you know, like I, I, I bought a lot of things low and I was, and then I was like, wait, hopefully this turns around and it's turned around for a lot of the, you know, the NASDAQs and doing really well. Um, companies are really well valued. So I think the, it's weird. The business did the cuts in 2021. Consumers are doing, or t- excuse me, at the end of 2022. Um, and then, you know, around there. Um, and then now they're roaring back in 2023. Consumers are doing their cuts, maybe if they are cons- if they are cutting consumption um, in the second half of this year, which is making the inflation rates go down or even, you know, either even or negative month over month, which is great. Um and so that that's I think that it takes a year for something to get introduced for it to really um, to really start to to correct itself, right? So if we're on that pattern, that means that by the second half of next year, things will turn around from a consumer perspective as well. Potentially, they'll get bullish again, and and I think that could be good. That would be basically those two things combined. If business is more bullish now and consumers never really um, lead the recession, then potentially we could avoid that that event and be on the mend by the second half of the year. Now, this is something that 
I haven't articulated it, but I've thought this for a long time is I, I think the second half of the year, the economy will turn around and it will be mm. back to, you know, the point where it's, it's like, I'll say normal, like, which is basically like pre nine pre 2019 curve, pre 2019 way of doing things, right? Like we've worked through a lot of like everything, a bottleneck, like uh COVID yeah. shuts all the down supply factory. chain stuff. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, supply chain took a year to really work its way through the system. And so like, this is another thing that takes a year to work its way through the system. Um, but the one that one X factor on that, that, that will lead us into our next topic we want to talk about is it's this idea of interest rates, right? So it's like mm -hmm. if interest rates are on a curve and they're not going to raise them anymore. I mean, the, the interest rates are higher than they've ever been in 20 years as of the time yep. we record this highest yep. it's been in 20 years. I think the most, the house uh, buying a house is the most expensive it's been since 1981 from what i understand as far as pe what people earn versus the house price this is the yeah. most there is like basically a housing crisis that um it's hard to really fathom <laughs> that's going into this thing um so what that means is is if we can crest at the interest rates now and not have them go up which is the sign that they're not going to go up the mac like the stock market is basically saying okay well if it's not going up we can start being bullish again on things like they're being bullish because of that consumers might be in Q1 or Q2 start being bullish again as well. But, um, it, money's still expensive. Like, right. right. That's, that's the thing. Like when we first started this podcast, money wasn't nearly as expensive as it is now. When I bought my house two years ago, a little bit over two years ago, the interest rate was 2.75. Now that same yeah. interest rate would be like in the six or what, five or six or something like that. So that's the thing that, that, even though all these soft sentiments are seem to be doing okay, the thing that I'm not, I'm wondering about, and this is this already has affected businesses, is it's expensive to have money to get money. So you were mentioning like economy, like people kicking at can, you know, not not having savings, doing credit cards and stuff like that. Our I don't know the average consumer might not be educated enough to realize that this is the worst time to do that. You know, like the right. money's really oh expensive. yeah, exactly right. But yeah. um. Our businesses, you know, our business is going to invest because money is expensive yeah. or will money get cheaper again? I think that actually my entire prediction for 2024 at a macro level and a business level is it's dependent on how expensive money is. If money, if, if interest rates stay and then they start going down a little bit, even then I think we're in, we're in good shape. If they, if they go up, I think that it's going to, you know, as long as that happens, then we have about a year or six months to wait for that to happen, to, to make its way into consumers. So again, a little bit pessimistic, but, but like what are businesses going to do? I think that businesses want to invest. And I think that if they get a little bit of a sign, they will go in on investment mode, they'll shift that switch. And, and it's been going, you know, they've been conservatives for 12 months now. Um, yep. I think that the second that they see the interest rate go down, people will just change their mind and be like, okay, it's always going to go down now. How about you? What do you think about the Mac, about the business impact of expensive money and just in general and in making investments and all these things we've seen? Yeah, I think for sure it's going to, it's, it's slowing down things. Cause you're just not sure, Hey, is it going to be, you know, more expensive? I think right now, um, before when they were first starting to rise interest rates um, last year and this year, you could lock in a bunch of cheap money and grab it as much as you can. And then just kind of, kind of wait out and see how high this thing goes. Uh, maybe there's a little bit of fear of missing out sometimes with people trying, okay, let's get more cheap money. Cause it's just going to be more expensive next month. But now I think to your point, that's not necessarily the case. I don't think they're going to be raising month after month after month. I might have one tiny raise coming up. They might have one tiny decrease coming up, but I generally don't see it changing all that much. So people will acclimate to the higher rates because that used to be the rule. Like we're, we, you know, to, you know, like you said, the last 20 years, it's been super cheap, but that is the, that's, that was the, that was the extreme end of an outlier event. 
And now we're just returning back to the mean. And the mean has always been kind of like these single digits. Like I remember when people were now again, cheaper housing for sure, because those two things are, you know, the cost of the house and the, and the interest rate, but interest rates used to be in the twenties, right? Yeah. When people were buying houses in the seventies, it was crazy high. Now we can't get there because obviously you can never know we can afford a house except for a company probably and the billionaires. Um, so there'd be a little bit of challenge with that, but like I said, that's why that's why I think people will acclimate to it, um, and there's going to be a lot more tiny homes. That's what mm -hmm. will happen. People people will make tiny houses to be able to afford them. Um, the the other thing I think just on a general business trend and kind of speak maybe specifically to 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 what we see what's going to come out of that from a from a business perspective would be I think in 2024 a lot more uh, micro businesses, nano businesses, entrepreneurship uh, comes out. A lot more people going freelance. Uh, and no small part down to AI, which probably is a topic in and of itself when it comes to predictions. So I think that'll that'll start happening. And you have this spike of entrepreneurship. And I think the existing companies are going to really focus on profit. Like they kind of did that this year for sure. Um, but that's because the investors were driving it. And I think next year it's because management's driving it. Yeah. Um, where it's management putting in things saying, okay, we need to be profitable. We got to get more efficient. We're going to have to, you know, do things, whether that's consolidation on one end or whether that's a change in systems on another end or, you know, using AI and automation more or whatever the thing is to be more profitable uh, and more efficient. But like I said, the, this year that, that was investor driven, um, and, and management flopped around a lot, trying to figure out what to do next year is when they actually start, you know, management driven decisions will change that. How about you on the business side? Oh man, I I'm loving that. Acclimate. That word is amazing. I don't use that word enough in my life, Mercer, but I, I love how you said it because it just triggered a lot of stuff for me, um, a lot of ideas. But you know, think about it when you jump into the water. If you take, if you put your toe in the water, it's cold. Then it's. Yeah. I was just on a vacation and the pool is freezing, quote unquote. You know, knee in there, and then it's like you get to the waist, and you're like, all right, I'm not going. I'm not. I don't want my back to be cold, right? And you're just right. like waiting step by step, and you're like. Every single point of that time, you want to bail, right? And um, and I bailed sometimes. Like my son's like, get in the pool, daddy's like, I'm not going beyond my waist, right? Um, and then and then it, like it got warmer out. Then I got used to it. And then I was like, you know what? I just need to jump in. Like I need to jump in the pool, and I need to do that thing. So acclimation is a thing where yeah, you, when you, when when the pool is 80 degrees, which is or when the pool is 70 degrees, which is what the, what the economy might feel like right now. Not many people want to jump in, but once that thing acclimates and you're like, oh, 70 degrees, that's not that bad because it's 70 outside or, you know, whatever, then it is. You just acclimated to it and you just, you just get used to it. So I do think that that is going to happen where that's the new normal. And so the longer this stabilizes and the longer it doesn't go up, that's just the new normal. And that's actually, I mean, there's a lot of good to it too. I mean, there's a lot of yeah. good from that, um, especially in the way that I operate my business and the way that I think about business. I'm actually more comfortable at five or 6% interest rates than I was at 3% interest rates. It was actually this thing where I compromised a lot of my principles in order to sort of just with all the hype, the frothiness in the market, like I, I sacrificed some of my principles. I thought more short term. I did some mm. stuff in case I did some things that I would never do in my life. I actually sold a house just to make the money, just, just for a month. You know, I, I made a lot of yeah. business decisions, you know, I made a lot of short term decisions more than ever. And, and actually those are sort of rippling through some of my choices now. Right. So, um, yeah. yeah, I like, I mean, I think that the, the rates just allow you to acclimate to a long-term view, yeah. which is how I built my first company. We built my first company when money was this expensive. We built our first company when, when, um, the global economy had tanked, we built my first company during all these different things, right? We grew like crazy during the crazy conditions. I'm actually a better, I'm better equipped for that 
and almost like, you know, like Ben Horowitz has the idea of the wartime CEO and the peacetime CEO. I'm usually better in dealing with harder conditions because it fits who I am. Like it fits my mm -hmm. principles, which is that I think it's a level playing field. You can, there's not as much easy money when money's not when money's expensive. And so you have right. to really win by being strategic. You have to win by, by making the right moves, by thinking about, by thinking 10 steps ahead. It's more like chess versus when money's easy, it's checkers, right? So yeah, I think a lot this... of people have been playing checkers <laughs> and, yeah. and it's starting to catch up with a lot of people, right? Um, yep. The whole, you know, the, the boom towns in crypto, the boom towns that have happened during this time, um, you know, stonks, uh, GameStop. Those are, is, those is, are, this, is this the part where you predict the price of Bitcoin in a year? Yeah, so yes, yes. That, that clickbaity headline. Yeah. <laughs> Stay until the end and I'll predict the price of Bitcoin. But anyway, so I, I do think that I love the word acclimate because that is a, it is a transition period. And now once it gets closer and stabilizes a little bit, then it, it weeds out the bad hands. Right. This is this is really what the corrections do. They weed out the bad hands. And I think, you know, we, yeah. I know we're, I'm, I'm talking more about like consumer stuff and stocks right now. But this is what I mean for business as well. There are some businesses that that hit struck oil at the right time. A lot of fulfilled by Amazon businesses did really well during the 2020 right. to 2021. And then there's the you know, then things are going poorly for e-retailers, the people who grew laid off. I mean, it's it's been crazy because those are the those are moves that are outside of their control. They're macro moves. I think that the business stuff is really what is what is your business at the end of this thing? What is your business? What is the market telling you? What is the economy telling you and what adjustments can you make to where the future is going to be? for the next 10 years versus what is going to be the, the thing that you can ride right now. People who rode the short term, who compromised their principles, they're all hurting more now than the people who, who just had a solid long-term plan. So I think that businesses need to think long-term and they need to think about what are their moves several steps ahead, like chess versus checkers. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Is that, is that where you're at? Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. That makes a lot of sense. What about in terms of in terms of the predictions for like maybe specific moves that they're going to make, let's say, you know, in the AI and automation end, like obviously a simple prediction on my end would be like, there's gonna be more of that, a lot more yep. of that. Um, yep. And I also think there's gonna be a ton of consolidation, a ton yep. of consolidation, uh, because it's just too wild right now. I mean, this is, yep. the, this is the wild west of 500 search engines back in the day for those old enough like us to remember that. Um, and now it's all going to consolidate. And then and, and I also think you're going to see a lot more of what's already happened with OpenAI of the, um, oh, you were just a feature company, you know? And so now we've just basically, we just brought that, your thing into our ecos, our platform. So you're not a company anymore. And so all those <laughs> feature companies kind of go away that are built on the yeah. backbone of yeah. somebody else's infrastructure, you know, yeah. almost like the, the little birdies that are on the, you know, rhinos walking around in the nature, you know? Um, it's like those companies won't exist because there won't be a point to them. You know, like, yeah. like the guy that created the flashlight app for iOS when it first came out, it was awesome. <laughs> he made a million dollars, but only that one year. Right. And yeah. then Apple's like, we also now, now the flashlight's embedded. So you don't need yeah. the apps. Um, so I, I think, I think that'll happen with automation um, and AI. Any predictions you have specifically kind of in that industry of, of where things might be? Yeah. I mean, I've seen it happening. So like, I've talked to a, quite a few people who run agencies and they like people who run content agencies are doing, are not, are having a really hard time because people, even if it's significantly worse, they'd rather pay for AI or experiment with that and look mm -hmm. at that as a cost saving. So I think that there is consolidation of roles. Um, there's consolidation of companies, like rolling up companies, combining operations for efficiency, stuff like that. And then a lot of pivots. Um, so the, the, the person I talked to has a content marketing agency that isn't doing very well. I, I told them, I just said, this is the biggest opportunity of your life. <laughs> you know, you had a, you had a, a middling business that was pretty good, good lifestyle and stuff like that. Um, 
but instead of having to hold on to it for the next 20 years and let it fade quietly into the sunset, now you can pivot and you can create something different. You can embrace what your value is over AI. You have a common enemy that a lot of people are facing and you can, you can turn that into your marketing and you can, you can pivot to the area, right? So yeah. you can use AI in some way. You can, you can get better at, you can get more efficient. You can figure out how AI works and how to, how to beat it, right? You can figure out where the, the hatch is on the Death Star. Like you can do all these things that, that you couldn't do before because you were so focused on making the same model work. So there's new business models that are coming out as a result of this. And what AI really is, is AI, I've always said, or I've always thought that it sort of, it, it takes the bottom and makes the bottom lower. It lowers the floor on what a resource would be. So it can take some people who are, you know, who are doing low level tasks or low level writing on Fiverr. And those, those, you have, those people are no longer valuable, right? Like I, yeah. I, I, one of the examples I gave is that I used to do these riffs. I'd do like a five minute riff an audio, and then I'd send it to a writer and have them write it. And then four hours, $35 an hour later, I would get a mediocre article that was symbolizing what I said for five minutes, right? Now I use ChatGPT and $20 a month or Claude, whatever the Claude costs, yep. I get I get something in, in, in the same five minutes that it took me to riff it, I get something and then I can change it, right? So I get mediocre yep. in five minutes versus, versus five days. And, and so where do you that, see that in 2024? Like, where does that... From a I mean, it's only going to, I mean, I think that honestly, with the middle, with the layers on top of these things with, with like ChatGPT having plugins and having an mm. APIs and stuff like that, I think that things like analytics, things, the tools that we have, everything is going to have an AI component immediately spit it back to that. You're going to be able to take your, it, I mean, the, the big thing for 2024 versus 2023 is that the data set in 2023 for AI, for text-based AI, you know, large language models, the data set is old. The data set is not yours. That's the biggest improvement I've seen happening in the last few months is that the data set can be yours. You can upload yeah. big files to Claude. They, 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 they can put stuff. ChatGPT, then 5.0 has huge limits, right? So you're going to be able to train AI on your data set. And that is going to be the next level hack is that it's no longer just crappy stuff about internet general purpose knowledge. It's actually specific. It's, it's your, your own stuff. personal AI. And that's yeah. the biggest thing that I see happening in 2024 is that it's not, it's, it's feasible that we will have our own personal AI, which would mean that delivering a crappy report to a client, if, if you do analytics or if you do paid search or if you do any kind of internet marketing at all, which a lot of people have those agencies, um, your crappy report will be, it might still be crappy, but it'll be, but it'll be AI driven and it'll be fast, yep. <laughs> right? Uh, you know, that, those types of things. So I, I do think that that's, that's going to be the big thing is that it's actually going to have business value and it's going to go higher up the chain. So it's not going to, it's going to be like your low level writers that get replaced. It's going to be, um, it's going to be your, anybody who does that level of reporting, all these different things, those functions are going to be replaced in some way, shape or form. Yeah. Almost like all those intern level positions. Don't, you don't need interns yeah. anymore. You yeah, know, exactly. That, and, and, sort of and those, yeah. Yeah, and that's a big cost savings that goes back to the business. And then I think businesses, yeah. they'll either make it as profit, they'll make it profit or they'll invest in other areas. Right. So those, yeah, yeah. So I think that it's going to be, when you said consolidate, I agree with that. And then I think pivot pivot to a new business model that's enabled by this thing before. I think it's going to be the people in the middle, the people who are sort of like not really adding a lot of value, just pushing the buttons, they're going to get pushed out. And then yeah. it's going to actually go up the chain to more valuable positions too. Some yeah. management tasks might be taken over. Some other things might be taken over too. Once these right. things can ingest the right data set, it's going to be a game changer. That's the yeah. biggest limitation to AI right now. It's not their ability to write a constructive sentence. They're actually really good at that. It is what they're ingesting.
Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. And I, I wrote down too, just something else I think on the AI thing is you're going to see it slipping up and people not organizing it properly. Um, yeah. And so I, I can see it spitting out things that it shouldn't be telling people that it will. Yeah. Uh, and then all of a sudden data privacy will, will get a resurgence based yeah. on that, I think. So yeah. it'll start with AI and then go into, well, while we were talking about it, let's go in the data side and, you know, something we probably should have already handled. But um, I could definitely see a lot more laws and conversations, maybe not laws, at least in the US, because it takes forever to do that. But at least conversations around conversations around the conversations yeah. that we should have a law. <laughs> something mm -hmm. we'll start uh, doing that next year. Uh, what what about like any other topics like you know, as we, you know, go to wrap it up and like d digital marketing side, you have any trends on kind of how that's going to go for 2024? Yeah, I, I would love to hand it over to you as well, but I can I can get us going, right? Digital marketing and measurement. As I mentioned, I think that the, I think if you can have an AI as a service, like an API, then platforms can really pull in and do analysis in a better way than humans might be able to, or more more yeah. readily, you know? Um, so I like that piece a lot, um, just, just the text-based analysis and just, just what should you do? What moves should you do? So I think that's going to be incorporated into a lot of platforms. I think that the big thing for me in, in digital marketing, the trend is, and I think this has been this way for a while, is that I, I always say manual first and then and then automate, not the other way around, right? So if right, you're running right, an ad right. campaign, I'm actually building a framework right now that hopefully will release next year, and it's called bot-led advertising. Um, and the idea is build, optimize, and transfer. So build your build your account manually, optimize it, to the point where you're getting an ROI and then transfer it to the algorithms, transfer it to the machines, because that's really how it's going to go. So, so a lot of the fundamentals are there. It's like, it's like AI is like a calculator, right? So it's, you need to have the fundamentals in place. Then you can use your calculator. And yeah, you know, once you figure out long division, you never should have to do that again, but you need to understand how it works in order to, to, to put it into a calculator order of operations and stuff like that. So I think that's what, like tools, I think that every tool will have an AI component if they don't already, but we've already seen that, right? So every yeah. digital marketing tool brands itself as AI. You can't, you know, Canva has the magic designer, put your words in there and they'll do it. They, um, Score app has a magic AI quiz builder. Um, every, everything that I use has AI on it. Everything has a component to it. It's pretty primitive, but I think it's only going to get better. And I think that can mean consolidation. I think that people can do more with less. I think there's a big, there's going to be a, a big trend in if you used to have five people in your department, you might have four. Like, I think that this is the AI will represent roughly a 20% reduction in the need for workforce for people who deliver this work. I think that's going to be yeah. pretty, and that's, that'll happen in 2024, but it requires that integration, right? The integration between the different tools. Measurement, I think very similar things, right? You're going to have, you're going to, when, when computers do the lifting, there's going to be a lot less time required for the technical stuff. I see this all the time. People who aren't programmers are making apps without code because they're using AI, right? So it's like, it's basically a lot of these positions, it's not that they're going to go away. Just that you might only need two of them versus three. You might only need right. five of them versus 10. Like that's right. my big the thing. It's just making things more efficient. I think it'll yeah. replace a lot of people just by attrition. Like they're going to leave or quit or retire or whatever. And then there mm -hmm. won't be that rehire there yeah. because it just won't be a thing that people need. And it's a perfect opportunity at that point for management to slip in AI if they can, any sort of AI yeah. automation. I think the other thing that will um, really be a big deal in 2024 is people realizing, and I think specifically to AI, definitely the data people already know this, um, but I think it, that this pattern will creep into the AI for similar reasons is this idea of data warehouses and that you really have to organize the data that you have 
um, whether the, and that's going to be consolidating the data into one spot of where you own it, right? So it really is first party data and all of that because third party cookies are going away. Eventually, yeah. Chrome is going to make that move. I know they keep trying to figure out how to do it, but they're going to do it. And then so there's a there's this level of data loss that's not going to be available. So people are going to have to ha get it in other ways. And hence the yep. data warehouse. Well, AI is very similar. You can't just like, oh, I'm going to connect it to my blog with this plugin. And now I've got my AI bot. That's what everybody thinks. It's not like that. It's a yep. lot of garbage in garbage out. So just because it's reading your blog doesn't mean it read it in the exact way it needed to. So it spits out gibberish because it didn't really understand things. But you can organize the data in that blog in a certain way so that you can do that and get a better result. And I think a lot of people are going to start really jumping on that bandwagging of how do we organize the data? going into the AIs and automations and really focusing on that um, now that they know that that's a thing, right? Because I think yep. right now, like I said, it's being sold, you sort of connected in. Um, but that's kind of my final thoughts on it. Uh, how about you? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, the one thing I was going to ask you about is just in general, like, you know, it's going to impact software and everything like that. It's going to trickle down. Um, how does that really, how do we think that's going to affect jobs like are we gonna are jobs gonna get replaced replaced you know are we gonna replace yeah, I, some, I think uh, so i think yeah, somebody quits and just doesn't get doesn't get re there's nobody there's no there's not, there's not a headcount that'll be authorized to replace them yeah right like yeah because like we, we've seen some yeah. of that already just to be easier next year you know i think there's gonna be different roles too right so i think that you know like like henry ford created the model t and then horses like there's a decline in the amount of horses, right? Um, yeah, that's, yep. that's, but, but horses aren't humans. I, I was just reading an article that said that exact line. I can't, I don't know who to give credit to, but there's a lot like, you know, when, when the internet came out, we thought we were going to lose, like I, when I, my first job out of college, I did, I did the same thing on a computer that six people used to do on the phone. Right. Yeah. It's like, okay, well those six people just retired. Right. And then there, but yeah. that doesn't mean that there was fewer jobs. They just found other jobs to do. There needed to be information security jobs. There needed to be compliance jobs. There needed to be privacy jobs. There needed to be cybersecurity jobs. See, Those I think I think a lot of that will still get AI replaced eventually, yeah. pretty pretty quickly. But I do see the trades getting a bump, meaning more plumbers, mm -hmm. more electricians, more yeah. carpet cleaners, like people that just want to get into the physical movement of space. You know, yeah. like that they're going to excel because AI isn't i mean don't get me wrong it'll come for their jobs too but it's that's a robotic thing right that's yeah. the physical manipulation and stuff and that's a much harder problem to solve right now yeah so they have a much longer window and i can see a lot of people that were doing digital jobs like digital marketers and agency quitting or retiring or just being let go because ai got their job and they go into a completely different thing that's yeah i mean there's different physical I mean, trade. They, i could totally yeah. see that yeah maybe they do newsletters or Substack or something like that or i mean there's all the kinds of different ways to make money i don't think i mean everybody will stay busy that i've always i've always um i was pessimistic about that in the past but i think everybody will stay busy but i do think yep. there's gonna be some changes i wouldn't be surprised if a lot of companies um if somebody leaves they don't replace them or they reduce their work staff by 20 percent or so on the result of it so that's our 2024 predictions i think that you know it really depends on some things that are outside of our control so we're just predicting what's going to happen thinking about it but the timeline is basically the economy will have to turn around we don't know when it's going to happen but probably in middle to middle of the year or so um ai is going to be a big factor in everything it's going to affect businesses um, especially as businesses have to consolidate and acclimate to the the more expensive money, digital every and every role is going to change as a result of this thing as AI becomes more based on your own data versus somebody else's. So love to hear what you all think about our predictions, or if you want to check in with us a little bit later in 2024, we're going to do an update on this as well to see how we did and compare our notes to that. Um, but other than that, thank you. And if you liked listening to this podcast. 
please, this was a good one to leave a review on. Um, if you liked our predictions, if you got thought something new, we brought some new information to light or new perspective you didn't have, I would appreciate that. But otherwise, thank you for listening to Business Unfiltered. Um, share this one with a friend. If you have somebody who might be affected by this, they should know about it. And we will see you in our next episode. And that's a wrap for today's episode of Business Unfiltered with your hosts, Mercer and Jeff Sauer. Be sure to subscribe, leave us a review, and tell a friend what you've learned today. Want to connect? Visit us at businessunfiltered.fm. This has been Business Unfiltered, always unapologetically honest.